0: Today on our podcast, we have the beautiful Taylor Williams. Welcome. Taylor is a career-obsessed primary school teacher who is extremely passionate and dedicated. She believes her purpose in life is to inspire, educate, and nurture the lives of little people. Taylor teaches kindergarten and year one on the central coast of New South Wales. She fell into fitness many years ago and has now based her life around all aspects of health. She trains five to six days a week in a variety of fitness, including CrossFit, strength training, yin yoga, dance classes, and HIT. Like her students, she's a lifelong learner who's on a journey to learn as much about her physical body, mental, spiritual, and emotional health as possible. Over the last few years, she's been on a self-love journey that's blossomed through inquiry and curiosity, acknowledging women's health and being open-minded to new information and applying it with consistent reflection and appreciation of her body. She's found to be revolutionary. Welcome, Taylor, to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Ah, it's so wonderful to have you. Let's kick it off. I have a question to ask you. Tell me, what day of your cycle are you on?
1: So I'm currently on day seven of my cycle. I've just finished my periods and I feel after I've finished menstruating, I'm motivated and ready to go. Um, I, my energy's high and um, my craving for good nutritious food is definitely
0: there. Um, isn't it right it's kind of you've just literally come out of your inner winter and you're stepping into your inner spring season which is a very awakening time for women so that's wonderful thank you now tell me how did you find this passion for health for yourself how did this come about
1: well growing up I played a lot of sport um as a child and about when I was about 20 years old I was still playing basketball which I'd played my whole life and it just got a little bit too difficult to travel around the state playing basketball when I was working going to uni and all those sorts of things so I joined the gym and um, I guess it just started there Um, I fell into strength training and kind of um, found a love for CrossFit and then um, yeah
0: you know what's funny is for the listeners um Taylor and I actually met on Instagram I can't even remember was it like six years ago yeah
1: about six
0: years ago six years ago a long time ago and I remember having this an exact conversation with you just before you got into CrossFit about you're like hey I did this thing and I really liked moving this way I think I want to do this I think I want to go more
1: <laughs> so it's been five years now um, on my CrossFit journey I've obviously dabbled with other things here and there as well, a little bit of Olympic weightlifting, um, a little bit of bodybuilding and yoga and dancing and all sorts of other things in between there. Um, But I've progressed so much and, um, yeah, really proud of my journey so far.
0: Amazing. So tell us, how did you find out about your menstrual cycle and getting your cycle? Like think back to your beginning journey of your menstrual cycle. How has that happen or how did that happen and what has happened for you since then with your cycle health journey?
1: So I'm a big lover of podcasts, which is why I was so compelled to come on here today. Um, I've listened to podcasts a lot when I'm driving. I find that it really stimulates my brain rather than just listening to the same old pop music. And um, I've listened to lots of CrossFit podcasts and other health and fitness podcasts And I found um, one podcast in particular on women's health and it got really into um, women's cycles and how to eat for your cycle, um, how to train for your cycle, how your body um, responds to different warm fruits and cool fruits and all sorts of things like that. And, um, yeah, I got really into that particular podcast and then I downloaded um, a flow app and I started tracking my cycle and just really learning how... um, how my body works throughout the month, and um, I, I just wish that I had all this knowledge and all this information many years ago when um, I guess I started menstruating as a teenager. Um, so now all this information that I have and I continue to learn I now um, implement into my my monthly cycle so
0: um, yeah, and so what would you say your cycle looks like? How's it different now as opposed to before? Like, what are the little changes that you've made that you found the most beneficial?
1: So I've been on the pill since I was eighteen, and that was purely for contraception. Um, and I'm twenty six now, so I've been on the pill for eight years, and I've only had a tiny little break. Um, for my cycle, I'm—I guess I've been pretty lucky in terms of symptoms. I don't really have back pain or anything. Um, I obviously have sugar cravings, and I feel my body starts to get a little lethargic and hold water before um, I start to menstruate. But besides that, um, I don't have any other crazy PMS symptoms. Um, But implementing changes, especially in my training, have helped me realise that I can't train like a beast and go 100% every day.
0: Like a beast.
1: (laughs) So leading up to my period, I feel that I um, definitely start to slow down and my body starts to get ready to menstruate. And during that time, if I go to the gym and try to do my normal CrossFit workout and I have the same expectations on myself as I would any other day of the month, it's just unrealistic. So making small changes like uh, mixing my CrossFit Um, training for a yin yoga or a slow flow at home instead of going and throwing around really heavy weights it's really beneficial for my body and then um, it just gives a little bit of love back to it and I feel that the rest of the month now I'm really aware of how I feel um, throughout the rest of the phases of my cycle Um, and all these words I'm throwing around I had no idea about before I um, started getting into learning about my cycle and knowing how it works. So um, I guess just having the knowledge of it has been super beneficial for not only how I train but how I eat, how I sleep, how I feel, my body image.
0: Your relationship with your fiancé. <laughs>
1: well, as Well, that has been huge. So now um, after tracking my cycle for, I tracked my cycle on a piece of paper, your chart for um a few months and then and for the
0: love you just um for the people listening that's the love your cycle guide it's a free guide you can get on my website or for any of my social media channels and yeah it's a printable tracker and comes with video guides on how to use it so i love that you've got that and you've been using right. it so how how long have you been using it for
1: so are you I, i'm not using it at the moment i'm a little bit more intuitive but i did use mm, great two or three months and i found that that really had a positive impact on our relationship in terms of um leading up to my period, I just became more self-aware of, okay, I'm like really snappy at my fiance, or like I, at my, I'm i really feeling unsure or insecure. Why is that? And then you could take it back to your cycle and you're like, oh, well, I'm due for my periods in three days. Um, and, yeah, it's been really beneficial knowing about all those things leading up to the period. <laughs>
0: It is. It's very beneficial. So tell us, like with the whole training thing, like for me, I remember, you know, I came from a background where I used to do hardcore training. You know, I would be at the gym in the morning and the night. I used to do lots of triathlon training. I used to go for, you know, 80 to 90-kilometer bike rides on a Saturday. I'd come home, I'd rest, and then I'd play basketball that night. Like I used to really push myself regardless of whether I was menstruating or not menstruating. And I really, I just made myself do it. But the biggest thing was I, I guilted myself. I was like, if I don't go and train, my body's going to get this extra bum cheek or I'm going to gain this weight, you know, and I'm really open to say that and to share that I, you know, was really self-conscious that I thought that if I let go of physical training, that that would then change how I felt confidently in my body and how has for you because I know since I started tracking my cycle and I came off the pill after being on it for 12 years straight without a break and I lost my menstrual cycle and then I did get it back and then I got PCOS and all this stuff happened but really getting to know my body through my cycle around how I move my body completely changed my relationship with my body and how I talk to myself so have you noticed any changes like that for yourself
1: Yeah, well, I guess it goes back to that saying like one chocolate bar isn't going to make you fat and one salad isn't going to make you skinny, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I haven't heard that before.
1: One week of not going hard at CrossFit isn't going to ruin my journey of fitness. I feel like Mm. it actually enhances it. So um, say, for example, last Monday, I was on day one of my period, so then I interchange all of my training for lighter, gentle training um, and then the other three weeks after those seven days, I can go hard and I can really listen to my body. And then it it is actually more beneficial than slamming it, in uh, the week of my period and it not having that energy that it needs to, um, yeah, shake, sh- shed the lining of my uterus <laughs>
0: <laughs> to do what it's made to do. Yeah, exactly. Have you, did you notice too, when you, you think back to before this, when you used to go to the gym um and exercise whatever way it was whilst you were menstruating how did you feel when you were doing it whilst you're menstruating now reflecting on it now that you don't do that well there was two like aspects. for me i used i used to feel so fatigued afterwards and i didn't know why i was like i, I exercise why do i feel so run down and then mm. feel like crap for the rest of the day
1: yeah well i guess there's two aspects there's aesthetics and then there's performance so looking at mm-hmm. yourself in the mirror after a week of going so hard at the gym and eating absolutely amazing. And you look at yourself and you're like, why am I still not expecting a change in a week? But why do I feel puffy? Why do I really like, why don't I feel 100% myself? Or aesthetically, your body is going through a phase where it needs to do what it needs to do. And then performance-wise, I guess having that expectation of yourself of you're not going to be performing how you usually would be performing if you weren't menstruating. So that's been a big thing for me. I can walk into the gym now um, and if I'm a few days prior to my period and know, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going through that phase in a few days. It's okay for me just to take a step back and just take it easy. And I'm not, I don't have to crack world records because my body (laughs) isn't ready for that right now. It's actually getting ready to menstruate. So
0: um I love that yeah I don't I don't have to break this record today I'll do it in like next week or maybe the week after like what's the pressure (laughs) and it's true like I love that you mentioned about the puffiness because when I studied ancestral health there's a really important philosophy around expansion and contraction and if you think about it our eye like our pupils expand and contract right when we travel is this is probably the the most visual reflections, like when you fly and a long distance, you get like the, the bigger cankles, like the ankles. Yeah. That's inflammation in the body. And it's natural for, for the body to expand and contract. Whereas women today have this mentality that they need to look the same every single day in the sense of their arms need to be the same girth. So does their you know their belly and their butt and their boobs yes. but our body's naturally going to expand and contract and that's just like the ocean yeah high mm-hmm. tide low tide just because it's low tide doesn't mean high tide's never going to come back it will come back eventually but then so will low tide
1: mm. that's such a great way yes
0: to yeah and literally everything on the planet does that even the the temperature expands and contracts expands during the day to be hot and then expands at night to be cooler And our body is no different. So I love that you mentioned that because it's really important to know that we might feel puffy in our face or one part of our cycle we might feel like we have bigger boobs, which is another topic altogether. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you feel a bit blah, your hormones aren't even supporting you to feel vivacious and confident whilst you're menstruating. Yeah. It's kind of like the cave. You just want to, like, step into the cave. <laughs> I
1: guess as well my, um, the emphasis of my training has really shifted from physical to now how can I support my mental health, my emotional health, my women, like my womanhood and my health of my insides. And if that is blossoming, then the physical health and all the aesthetics in that are a bonus and it comes along with it.
0: Mm, It's like a ripple effect.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: So something I would love to know is as a kindergarten slash year one teacher, how does one deal going to school whilst you're (laughs) menstruating because let's just face it your body naturally (laughs) will get its period when it wants if you're not on the pill but when you get your your period and you are menstruating how do you handle like what are your core tips to handling going through that whilst you're dealing with however many (laughs) little people And a lot of them, because I know there's parents out there who are like, I have two or three kids, and dealing with my menstruation while that's happening is a nightmare, let alone teaching like 30 of them.
1: Yeah. Well, physically, it's really hard to go to the toilet a lot at school in general. You have to really time your breaks. And Mm. the thing that I've implemented into my um, cycle health journey in the past year or so Mm. is the inclusion of a menstrual cup and that
0: only came about how does that work at school i I want to know
1: because um i saw a facebook ad it was for a free cup and all you had to do was pay for shipping and i've kind of been moving along with my environmental journey in terms of um reducing my waste and my water and things like that and when i saw that ad i just felt really inclined to pay for the shipping and have the free menstrual cup and they came in a little bag and there was two different sizes in the first day um i actually remember i I put it in and I went to the gym and it was so uncomfortable and I was like, I don't know if I can make the change from tampons to this, but I actually forgot to cut off like the little stem to suit your body. So I did that and um, yeah, I haven't really gone back ever since. So you can leave it in there for up to 10 hours. So that has made um, a big change in terms of going to school with my periods because I don't actually have to go and change a tampon all the time. Um, if i do need to take it out there's a toilet that facilitates that there's a sink and whatever else i need to do that <laughs> um and then i'm reducing my waste on the environment and it's i feel like it, it feels um a lot better to have something like that inside me rather than um a disposable tampon um so yeah and then I guess emotionally uh, it's just really important for me to be aware of how I might be feeling that day, what day of my cycle am I on and is um, my mood going to impact my students or am I getting frustrated with them Is because I'm frustrated or I feel moody or like high energy or low energy. uh, I guess it's really important for me to be aware of all of those um, feelings and symptoms I'm having while I'm at school, so I can then give them my best self. Um, so,
0: I love that. I also love that you got a menstrual cup for free on a fa- yes. from a Facebook ad. I'm like, I didn't see that ad <laughs> yeah. when I first got my menstrual cup. And I know I actually have an important note that I want to make about menstrual cups, but before I do that, when it comes to menstrual cups and I started wearing one for the first time, And I like to use all different things, whether it's period underwear or whether it's cloths or menstrual cups. Um, Sometimes I do do a tampon, but it is dependent because when I first started started using a menstrual cup, I kind of was like, is it really going to (laughs) work? I wasn't sure. Yeah, like when I started using, (laughs) yeah, like is it really in there? Like is it really going to capture everything? Like will that still leak? Like you just don't know, right? It's like trying something, anything new for the first time. Um, but it's something that I'm still exploring, like, do I really want to go out and, like, see these people whilst wearing a cup and not 100% know that it's going to work or not? Yeah. Oh, long story. But an important note on menstrual cups is that it's very suction, and for those who are watching this in the video, um, you'll see my hands. Like, it can literally be like, and it's, as you pull it out, can, like, literally suck. And I know there's a lot of women who don't recognise this, but it's important to actually... Push the menstrual cup inward so that it breaks the seal before you remove it because it can actually pull on your pelvic, like your cervix and your pelvic floor. And it can actually, like, do a little over time if doing it all the time can cause a little bit of damage. So, always break the seal, and you'll hear <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking about this. <laughs> you'll hear that,
1: yeah, you know, <laughs> that
0: everyone needs. Yeah, we actually talk about this and Great. it's going to go out as a podcast on like iTunes, what? Um, but, yeah, you want to break the seal so it actually has a little and then you can hear the air has entered into <laughs> your cervix area so you can literally pull the cup out without sucking things out that don't need to be sucked downward. <laughs> oh, funny topic. All right. Well, I love that you're using a menstrual cup. Do you, um, is there anything else that you use or you just pretty much use a menstrual cup?
1: No, yeah, basically just use that, and then. If, and
0: how good does yeah, it feel to not throw out stuff?
1: Yeah, it, it's so easy. All you need is that and some water to clean it, and then you just put it away for the rest of the month, and then you can just grab it out again. Um, it's just and so handy. In there for so long, you really don't need to, to do anything about it until you get home, or mm. leave in the morning. Yeah.
0: Would you say it makes you feel more confident too, knowing that you don't have to, like, quickly rush to the toilet to change a tampon or to, like, check your pad? Or... How many
1: times have you gone to your bag to grab a tampon and, oh, there's none there, and you've got to run across the <laughs> colleague and ask for one or run to the shops?
0: Or ask someone under the cubicle, be like, hey, do you have a tampon in your, in your bag that I could have? Like, I'm not going to borrow it. Like, I'm not going to return this. Can gonna... I have it?
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it does. It fills you with confidence a little bit that it's it's just you you need to worry about and don't need to Mm. seek any of those things. So
0: That's good. And when you feel confident in your body, when you're menstruating, it's a really important thing because you want to be able to go about your day. If you have, sometimes we can't just Netflix and chill when we menstruate and we have responsibilities and we need to go out and do those. So it's important that you can feel confident whilst you have all those other things to do. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So tell me, I know that you connecting with your body in a new way has been a really big part of your journey and getting to explore your health and get to know it a lot more over the last five to 10 years of your life. What are your daily connection practices that you really focus on at the moment that you, they're that a big part of your life to help you get connected?
1: I guess just listening to my body is the biggest one. Um, knowing and acknowledging how I feel. Um, and how i train how i eat my relationships with people um yeah i guess it's just being consciously aware of how you're feeling and how that's going to contribute to what it is you're about to do what activity you're about to um, whether you're going to work or going to the gym or going to hang out with friends
0: Awesome. And when you first started the journey, because I know for the listeners who are, who are like, I want to get to that stage where I can just listen to my body and know what food it's asking for and know whether it wants to do this movement or not do that movement. What are the things that you did to help you get to this relationship where you can listen to your body? Like what are the, um, the little tasks and tips that you or tools that you use that helped you connect? Like something for me that really helped me connect. Was body exercise or body movement that really brought me into my body, not distracted by other things. So I couldn't look anywhere else would. I would only be able to look inward. And that helped me recognize, you know what, my hip kind of hurts a little bit in this position. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, what was it for you?
1: Uh, I do a lot for my health. Um, I go and see a chiropractor regularly. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're always changing for, for so except for example for me to work for 10 weeks and then to go on school holidays for two weeks and then to work for 10 weeks my body is going through a big change throughout those cycles so for 10 weeks I'm up and down in the chairs in the classroom going to the gym every night and I'm not sitting down very much so then to change um, after 10 weeks two weeks holidays and I'm doing lots of sitting and lots of lying around um, relaxing to adjust my body and really help with my digestion and how I'm feeling physically is really important. Um, In terms of nutrition, I spend a lot of time calculating macronutrients, which I don't regret, but it definitely helps me now eat intuitively um, throughout different phases of my cycle and knowing the makeup of foods, whether they're carbs, proteins and fats really helps um, with nutrition. And I guess listening to what my body feels like do i do i am i craving fats avocado peanut butter am i craving carbohydrates fruits pasta rice or do i need some protein whether that be from an animal or spinach tofu beans um and spiritually and mentally i do a lot of meditating um and i i'm a very distracted person I'm very fidgety i think that's a gemini thing too um we like to do a thousand things at once so for me even just five minutes I'll um put-
0: I think that's a modern day thing I don't know if that's just a Gemini thing
1: <laughs> yeah we're just thinking about that prior to the podcast too I think that very much I see in children as well what's next next the next thing we need to move mm. and um ground ourselves and be indulged in what we're doing rather than seeking the next thing and being distracted Um, Mm. so i have um an app on my phone what's it called smiling mind
0: Mm -hmm. oh yeah tell what is i have not heard of it tell us what it is smiling mind
1: it's a um podcast uh, not a podcast it's an app for meditation so it's directed uh, meditation there's different programs on there we use it in my classroom um three times a week in the afternoon for um there's a, a classroom program for five to six-year-olds and it's three to five-minute clips and they, they lay down on the floor um, in a shavasana pose, I guess, and they just calm their mind. Which is just
0: laying down on your back for those who don't know what shavasana is. laying down
1: on your back um, and just really calming your mind and taking it back to so not be distracted before we start the next activity. I do that mm. as well um, before I go to sleep sometimes just to clear my mind of the day. So I'm
0: ready for a good sleep. It's such an important thing to to bring into the lives of children, to help them become connected. And it's interesting that often for us, like for the women who are listening who are like, I want to know when I wake up in the morning what food my body wants to eat or how my body really wants to move. Mm. The first way to do that is to track your cycle. It's one of the best ways to become body aware as a woman. But then the next thing is if your mind is really, really busy And it's not quieting down, you won't hear the little messages that it's giving you or sharing with you because your mind is so busy. And that's the benefit of meditating, or I like to say just having a connection practice. Anything that connects you with you and disconnects you from the busyness and the hustling and the go-go-go atmosphere that you might live in is just something that brings you back into your body so that you can wake up or go halfway through your day and be like, you know what? I don't really need that chocolate bar. I'm just really craving a big fat hug right now. That's what I need and honouring that. Mm. Amazing. Well, before we wrap up, I want to ask you a really important question. If you could give three guiding tips to your teenage menstruating self that you kind of wish you knew now, (laughs) But they back then. But you know now, what would they be?
1: Well, I guess let's state the obvious. If we menstruate for seven days a week, that is um, seven days a week. That's twelve weeks. Twelve weeks a year we're menstruating, which is three months. So three months of the year we're menstruating. So I think it's pretty important that. We aren't embarrassed about this. I think if I could go back to the tailor who was in Year 7 who started menstruating, I would say um, don't be afraid to use the jargon around it. Don't be afraid to use the words menstruation periods, blood, gross, sticky, thick, whatever it is, Um, especially around our peers. I feel like it was really taboo in high school and... If I could go back in time, I would ask my friends because they're going through it too and ask them for advice. What are they using? How are they dealing with their periods when they're playing sport or how do they pack a little kit for their school bag? Um, Just don't be afraid to talk about it and don't be embarrassed because everyone's going through the same thing at that age, roughly.
0: Yes, wonderful. Mate, that's a really good tip. Next Um, one.
1: My second one would be to remember that not everybody's periods are the same, Um, although, like I just said, around that age, teenage years, um, girls will be getting their period at the same time, roughly. They're all very different. So don't compare yourself um, and the the changes in your body to another person. So if their boobs are increasing in size and yours are, I guess that's where lots of physical um, self-image and body image issues arise um, we're different everybody everybody's body will be different and how our bodies produce our periods will be different so um, I guess I kind of got myself down a little bit when I was in high school because other girls were getting their periods before me and they were developing before me and I I felt like I hadn't really risen to that womanhood status yet Um, but it's It it happens in time and you're on the right path and you don't want to get there too soon because once it starts, it doesn't stop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't force it. No, don't force (laughs) it. Be patient. (laughs) I always say that everything in nature, uh, nothing in nature rushes, but everything still gets done. So be patient. You know, flowers don't force themselves to blossom. It blossoms when it's ready to blossom and you will too. Yeah.
1: And my third one um, would be to talk to your brother or your dad or... Any male in your life to try to break this stigma, um, because like the quote I read on your Instagram the other day, if women didn't bleed, men wouldn't exist, right? It's true,
0: <laughs> it's true, nobody would exist.
1: <laughs> Obviously, depending on your relationship with your the men in your life your dad, your brother, cousins, uncles, um, would... or your partner,
0: or if you're in a heterosexual relationship,
1: um, yeah, it would probably depend on how much information you give. But I always try to throw. The jargon out around periods, tampons, pads, bleeding. Oh, I'm really moody, you know. Um, to those men in my life, just try to try to break that stigma because otherwise, if we don't do it, the culture will never change. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's really important that we get men talking about it too.
0: What? They're three amazing tips. Mm-hmm. I love the last one. It's all about normalizing periods, and I put that in my in my post the other day because. So many men are afraid or don't know enough about periods, but the challenge is that they wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for the period, like like you said that I said. Like you said that I said. Um, But it's true. The three things that are the most common things that, happen in the world is shit we all poo (laughs) let's on it let's be and if you're not i'm really concerned please message me and ask me Gemma, why don't i shit (laughs) dm me i want to know like i will help you work out why you're not shitting that's really important like everyone shits everybody like periods you know, we all came from a period and if periods didn't exist, we wouldn't be here. And sex, we all came from sex. And even though a lot of people don't talk about it and it's not sometimes a topic that a lot of like friends groups talk about, I have girlfriends who are very open about sexual talk and then others who are really like, oh, that's disgusting. I don't want to talk about that. I'm like, you have children. Like clearly you've had sex uh, at some point. Um but they're the three most generalised things. But the period is a really big one and I love that you're open to and willing to normalise it and especially working with little people as your passion. Uh, yeah. I know that they're not at the menstruating age <laughs> at five and six. However, girls as young as seven have been, you know, reported to, I don't like saying reported, but it's been documented, you know, have started to get in their periods that young, which is crazy. I wasn't f- until until I was 15 that I got my period. I was the late blossomer.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, normalizing it and sharing it with the men in your life and not being afraid to have the conversations and opening them up. So
1: I definitely think having that open conversation with my fiance too has benefited both of us. Mm -hmm. Almost becoming a little desensitized now to those words and um, the jargon I use around that because I don't talk about it all the time. (laughs) And like he needs to know how I'm feeling and where I'm at, so then it can benefit our physical
0: and our emotional relationship as well. You're spot on. It's why I put together in the Well Women program, the um, the part one of the program, it actually includes a flow with me guide that you get for your partner, whether it's a male or a female, so that they can know how to support you in your cycle, depending on what day you're on, Mm -hmm. how they can support you nutritionally, physically, emotionally, and um, mentally with your lifestyle so that they can be aware of where you're feeling and if you need more cuddles or if you want to be listened to and heard or if you want to retreat and just have some self-time that they don't feel like you're changing all the time they know why you're changing and what's going on in your body so I love that you're doing that with him and bringing it become it's good it's going to become a real normal part of your future family too which is so important for the future of you know, the importance of everyone recognising the periods are normal.
1: Can you imagine how many um, relationship arguments, like in the toxic, oh. toxic vibe around that time of the month or leading up to it would be reduced if men were actually educated on this?
0: That is such a great point because...
1: Violence or all of like that, and that's a very big... Broad step. topic. Yeah, but that it could escalate to that from a mood swing Into starting into a little argument, into all these big problems.
0: A mood swing that occurred because you ovulated, but then didn't conceive. But your body had just spent the last two weeks preparing for conception, and then you don't conceive, and then your body's freaking out. And so all of a sudden, you have one little switch of a mood. It's like recognizing why and where that comes from. And if you are having mood swings it's normal to change in your mood, but not for it to be like a roller coaster, like up, down, up, down and driving you insane. And everyone in your life insane, that part's not normal. But, um, but thank you so much for sharing your three tips. And I want to say, Tay, I love you as a friend. You're so beautiful. And I've loved watching your journey blossom. And thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and sharing your little ins and outs of your cycle journey and what's helped support you along with how using a cup supports you whilst being a kindy teacher.
1: I love that. I think that you're doing an amazing job empowering and liberating women around this topic and you are going to do big things. So I'm very proud of you also.
0: Amazing. Well, we'll be talking soon and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? well take a screenshot of this podcast episode share it on your social media email it text it or any way you need to get it to their ears so together we can all live in flow harmony and balance with our bodies and be sure to tag me in it too hashtag well women podcast for everything we mentioned in today's episode you can find this in the show notes over at Wellsom.com forward slash podcast until next time beautiful get connected listen to your body and remember body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.